machine learning, 3D design, virtual reality. In this series, we get a glimpse at how technology is changing fashion and retail. Each episode, we speak to those in the know, tech people who are influencing fashion and fashion people who are using tech in new ways. We look at what's happening now and what's coming next. I'm Megan McDowell, and this is The Tech Edit by Vogue Business. The Tech Edit by Vogue Business is brought to you in association with PayPal Credit, helping your customers buy now and pay over time. Go to paypal.com forward slash PayPal Credit to learn more. Computer vision is a field of artificial intelligence that helps computers see and understand the content of digital images. While for humans, it might be relatively easy to distinguish a red shirt from black shoes, for computers, this is quite complicated. But in fashion, it can help us find what we are looking for, literally. Joining me in the studio are guests who are applying computer vision in a range of ways to help us improve how we discover and interact with fashion. We have Amy Venner, head of retail strategy and marketing at Pinterest, Ashwini Asokin, who is CEO of AI platform View AI and happens to be a Vogue business sponsor, and finally, Tamara Berg, a computer vision scientist for Facebook. Welcome, everyone. Hi, Megan. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on. Um, Amy, I'd love to get started with you because at Pinterest, it's such obviously a visual platform and computer vision is so important to the work you do. So tell us why. So Pinterest has always been a place where people go to get inspiration in their life. And if you think about shopping and how you're inspired, the experience in real life is so much more visual than it is in traditional digital worlds. So being able to apply computer vision to a shopping experience and machine learning, that is like the most highly visual experience that you can imagine and you're browsing in what is most natural as you shop as a consumer, you know, you know it when you see it. So you're, you're doing it with your eyes. It's just a lot different than obviously where we started as an industry where you're typing, so the keyboard and words, or you're saying things, voice, and those are the two least natural ways of searching for things in real life when you're maybe shopping or browsing and doing it with your eyes just feels like a much more natural experience. We're so used to like, you know, when computers began, you type something into Google, it brings something up. How does visual search work? What does that mean? Yeah, so if you, like, as a consumer, you're on Pinterest, you're looking for something. For me, it's like, you know, I'm thinking about loungewear. I'm thinking about comfortable pants. And in my home feed, um, Pinterest is able to share with me different ideas that are visually similar to things that are within my taste preferences based on things I've done in the past. So this morning, for example, I saw these really cool gray pants. It's almost like origami where you kind of fold them in. It's like, it's almost, it's, they call it four-way pants. But if you were to look at that image and you were to want to search for it, what words would you use? Would you know to use origami trousers or would you use <laughs> comfy loungewear? You know, what words would you use? But when you see it, you're like, that's it. That's, that's yeah. the comfy gray, gray pants that I want to have around my house. So one thing really interesting is that Pinterest is able to identify trends really early on, and that's something you've become known for. Tell us, why, why are images an important part of that equation? Yeah, the human eye can, can see things much faster visually than read them. And so if you think about your brain and how you process things, you're going to be able to, as a consumer, classify something and be able to go, oh, that's new. You spot a new trend. And Pinterest is able to pick up based on what your 
clicking based on what you're viewing on saving, um, searching, all those signals help us get smarter about what to put in front of you. It's almost like the Spotify version of e-commerce where every opportunity consumers have to get something more tailored, like a very personalized uh, shopping experience is happening because we're picking up on these very nuanced signals within the image that help us classify and then bring back things that are sort of new and future oriented. So that's like maybe in a year origami pants will be trending, but right now no one even knows what that means. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And we're seeing this sort of these signals of intent on the platform that are based on visual, not just what someone types into a text box. I want to come back to you about, you know, kind of what's next and to hear more about that. But Ashwini, I'd love to ask you, Amy mentioned e-commerce and searching. Tell us about View AI and and kind of how you work with retailers or like why um, computer vision might be interesting in e-commerce. The way we see uh, any kind of AI, right? Computer vision, even language and the intelligence that you can get out of processing language the way we see AI is that it's it's a way of giving people and companies a meaningful way to create data and use data in their business, right? For us, AI is really all about helping businesses get to the bottom of data, right? This could be consumer data. This could be product data. And AI can help make sense of your business and give your team's capabilities, do things for your consumers in a way that Honestly, most of us can't. And the limitation really there is we have words to describe things, right? And the thing about computer vision is, and and going back to what Amy was just saying, for us, the computer, we see computer vision as a way of uh, decoding customer intelligence, right? Consumer intelligence. Um, Let's just say there's two of us, we get on a site, you know, you are looking at a pink polka dot address. I am looking at a pink polka dot address. This is like one of our very favorite kind of examples. It's come up, come around, you know, every year we see, you know, kind of very similar kinds of stories emerging from a lot of the retailers we work with. Let's say your second click is a wide-legged pant and your third one is something like a bandana, okay? My second click is another pink dress and my third click is another pink dress, Right? automatically the algorithms start looking at it and go, okay, Megan's looking for retro and Ashwini is looking for pink dresses, right? The kind of language, I mean, today my daughter, um, you know, says aqua and tangerine and she says all these colors that, you know, I mean, it, it takes, it's, it's very trendy, right? Those kind of colors. And That's for us, we still yeah. say blue. We still say you know, I don't know, maybe teal, orange, orange right? right? <laughs> and you go right. in and look at orange, you're typing, you know, using language and text, you know, something orange, I don't know, like balloon sleeve or, or dress, and she's looking for something tangerine, and she's not going to find it, right? And as opposed to, you know, vision, and what you could do with um, computer vision really helps pull apart a piece of clothing into thousands of high dimensional you know, vector space, essentially, right? And so instead of having a very limited language to describe something, each one of us with computer vision, the systems are trained to start looking for each and every person's style profile, right? And that is pretty much at the center of our thesis on why is computer vision so core to fashion retailers across the globe? 
how would they, if I'm a retailer, how would I use this technology to, to improve the customer experience? Is it something where it's like, I can make tailored recommendations or I can... Well, one part of the story is focused on consumers and the other part of our story is actually focused on, you know, the teams inside fashion companies. We actually look at it as an, in in almost like an end-to-end approach to the vision and the computer vision work that we do at VUE. On one, and so let me start with the consumer side maybe and give you a couple of examples. We do what's called dynamic personalization, Right. The idea here is that it's, it's exactly that pink dress story, right? No two people have to have the same experience on the site. So whether it's recommendations, whether it's the order in which a particular set of clothes or a category, what are you seeing in there? Like if you click on women's dresses, what are you seeing versus what, what am I seeing, right? Um, no two people have basically the same experience. So every single page on your website, on your app, the campaigns you see, the banners you see, the styles you see are fundamentally different, right? So it's, and then that journey kind of goes into to mail. So we basically say, well, why should it stop at the site? It goes into the mail. It goes into push notifications. And all of a sudden, you're essentially representing that person and that person's style profile, not just in terms of the history and the behavior and what you think they've always done, but you're actually using it in the context of what this person is trying to do right now, like, like at this very moment, right? So it's kind of a combination and you're using basically all the images, all the product images. So that's kind of one part of the story. The other part of the story is really on the product side, right? And it's all about product intelligence. And this is basically automated tagging, creating really rich data that surrounds these products. So that, again, the story comes full circle because at the end of the day, my daughter is looking for tangerine and I'm looking for orange. And if, if only one of the two is present in the form of language, you know, you're losing a lot of money at the table as a retailer there, right? It's interesting because instead of having to, you know, the human convert what their mind is thinking into words and then the computer to interpret those words and then convert that back into an image, it sort of like cuts out that whole middle ground where it's just like, you know, image to image. That's right. So Tamara, I think that is a perfect time to bring you in. Tell us a little bit about your work at Facebook. And I also understand you have some news that was recently announced. So tell us about what you're working on in this space. Uh, My team is building technology that can recognize exact, similar, and complementary products across the billions of photos on our platforms. And that can learn personal models of your style and your shopping goals. We basically want to make any photo on our platforms shoppable. And so an important step to do that is really teaching the AI to answer two questions, uh, the what and the where. In this case, our systems first need to predict, you know, where in the image are their products of interest uh, and then recognize what products are depicted. We have a couple of new AI systems that we announced recently. One is a new system called GrokNet that handles the what part of the task. So this is like doing those things, recognizing the pink or the polka dots as well as doing some other things like the, recognizing the category or recognizing whether two products are the same product or not, even if one is in like a street photo and one is in a retail product photo. And then we also have a second technology called IMP that's handling the, the where question. Um, so this one is specifically helpful for fashion, clothing, where, where layering or, or partially hidden items are really, really common. Um, so we really need to accurately figure out which pixels correspond to sort of each piece of clothing that someone's wearing so that during the visual search process, we can focus on the right pixels during matching. That's interesting. So if if something is obscured, as humans, we can realize, oh, there's probably another sleeve behind that 
or there's <laughs> totally. you know, the shirt stuck in, but that's okay. That's an interesting thing that the, all the computer sees as pixels. They don't have that, that knowledge. That must be a really hard challenge. It is. It is a really hard challenge. Um, clothing is probably one of the hardest categories for visual search. So for you might imagine like, you know, you're like walking down the street and you see someone wearing this like amazing black asymmetrical blazer that you really want to buy. Uh, but yeah. maybe they're wearing it over a bright red dress. So a lot of the older AI techniques would use like a very rough estimation of the wear. They might put a box around the blazer. But then when you were matching, you might only be able to match to like product pictures of black blazers over red dresses. Right. Uh, uh, but our new technology right. really like precisely figures out where those blazer pixels are, and then it would only use those during matching. Amy, I understand Lens. I think that's the name of what it is, but that's, it's also like Pinterest's approach to shopping real-world items. So tell us a little bit about how that works at Pinterest. I think if you think about your example that you had when you're walking down the street in real life and you see someone with that asymmetrical blazer, mm -hmm. if you have your Pinterest app, you can open it up and take a picture of objects in the real world. And our lens technology brings back things that are visually and stylistically similar. And so shopping based on things you see in the real world gives you the opportunity to find similar things that interest you, that are in your taste preference, that you may not have had the words to, to use to go find that asymmetrical dress. I've used it personally where I see something either in real life or even on Pinterest where you have an image and you want to find things that are visually similar to it. We bring back products from retailers. If you as a retailer have your product feed ingested into the Pinterest platform, that goes into our corpus of things we pull in. So when there's an inspirational image that someone's looking at and they like that asymmetrical dress or that origami pant look, then we have more shopping surfaces where consumers can pivot into from inspiration mode into, I want to buy that, that thing or something similar to it. And then all the product pins that are visually similar come back. And I guess for me, as, as someone who's been in retail for a while, you know, obviously you have the opportunity to personalize based on where someone lives or what their age is or what their gender. But as we become more sophisticated as people, we want things that are more tailored, not because I live somewhere, but because of my style or aesthetic. So show me something I'm into. And if you've got, you know, 25 different SKUs, show me the five that are visually or stylistically similar. And my conversion or my ability to want to buy that thing is going to go way up. And, and that's sort of the power, I think, of, of the visual side of things. Yeah, it's really fun because <laughs> like I was getting on a plane once, I remember, and uh, the person in front of me had a bag that I really liked. And so I was trying to take a picture of him without him thinking I was weird because I just wanted to put it on Pinterest. <laughs> and I, it actually ended up, you know, like finding bags that looked like really exactly like it that I could buy, which was like really interesting. Yeah, it shortens that sort of time between seeing something and being able to get it in your sort of real life. Ashwini, what's on the horizon for you as far as shopping and and images, is, is there anything you can share with us about kind of where you'd like this to go next? One of the things that we've been doing, and we've kind of launched it, it's not so much a secret anymore, but this whole uh, using vision and generative networks to create digital models has been a big push for us over the last year. There's kind of a couple of different ways to think about this story. One, 
you know, today photo shoots are very, very expensive. And especially in today's condition with everything going on with the COVID scene and the pandemic, you know, it's, it's really hard to go out there and, and do the photo shoot and, you know, organize the whole thing. And, you know, the, the whole time it takes in general, leave alone, you know, the, the situation of the times we are in right now. Just the whole cost of production and the process is it takes a long time to put a bunch of merchandise online and to digitize it. And we basically, you know, about a year ago said, well, all we should need is basically a, a handful of images of the products themselves against like a, a plain background of sorts. And we will generate images of the human model whether it's a model that the company wants us to use or whether it's just our own digital models that we have. So it could be real model, it could be 3D models, it could be anything, it could be anything in that range. And so we actually generate images of the model in different body types, in different skin types, with different accessories, shoes and bags. And basically everything is, you know, a click, right? Yeah, we, mm -hmm. we get the catalog, we put it through the system, and it basically pulls out a, a whole lot of these images in different kinds of angles, poses. And, and, and particularly, I think, you know, we've been watching fashion evolve over the last, I would say, three to five years. And increasingly, consumers are super value conscious right now, right? Nobody wants to see a size zero model before they buy what they buy. Nobody wants to keep looking at a particular type of skin tone uh, or a particular kind of model out there. Well, it's, it's back to that personalization, right? That's exactly right. And, and for us, the themes are broadly the same, right? If, if personalization and consumer intelligence and product intelligence and automation are really the theme, then for us, it's a question of taking the same things and finding, you know, very different use cases and usages within a given organization, Right. And to be honest with you, you know, we've really grown with the with the kind of companies that we've been working with and discovering new use cases that keep coming back and saying, can, can vision help solve this? Can computer vision help solve styling and merchandising? So we now have a styling tool that allow stylists and merchandisers to basically curate collections, right? The next time you see Rihanna in, you know, New York Fashion Week, all the stylist has to do is basically upload a couple of pictures and goes back to that same image search conversation that we were just having. And it goes into the catalog and looks up all the different types of, you know, clothing that's similar to that piece of image that you've uploaded. And, and you know, how do you describe urban jungle? How do you go into your catalog <laughs> and look up, like, you know, um, an urban jungle style and curate it, right, based on something that's going on or trending out there? But we basically have to, so it's, it's kind of a combination of, tools and automated kind of solutions and and the fact that the themes keep coming back to the same thing it doesn't matter if you're talking about skin tone personalization or body type personalization or just you know styling and and understanding each and every person's style profile that the theme kind of comes together over and over again tamara ashwini mentioned tagging and describing images so i understand a lot of your research is in development or in the very early stages of being available to the public. But tell us about your work in helping people tag images. We've built in this system that I was describing before, uh, GrokNet, which basically takes in a bunch of different data sets uh, and learns to predict things like tags for clothing or furniture, as well as things like the category, like that this is a dress or this is a chair. 
And so we've done this with training on, on hundreds of millions of images. And so this was kind of a, a huge effort for the team, trying to figure out how do we fit all of this data into one model and produce a model that's very accurate at a bunch of different tasks. So not just tagging, but also like predicting, you know, search queries. Like how do we predict what we should return for someone who types in a black polka dot address? So we're, we're trying to build a model that's sort of universal and that can actually do all of these tasks together. Tell us about Marketplace Tell us what you're able to share about helping people tag. Is that so it's like if I'm selling something, Facebook can help me intuit the best words to use just by looking at the image? This really started as a research project in our group, but now it's been deployed to Marketplace. So, for example, let's say you're selling a chair and you upload it to Marketplace. Then our systems automatically predict characteristics about that chair and fill in the thing that you would have to fill in yourself. So we would predict, you know, that it's a yellow wooden mid-century chair. And this makes it easier for sellers to automatically list their items. The system is also helping small businesses and brands automatically tag their products on Facebook pages as well. And then hopefully in the future, we can say more about the other things that, that we're trying to do with it. What can you tell us about what we can expect? Like, where does this go from here for Facebook? What would be possible with this technology? As a team, we really imagine a future where AI is, is fully integrated into every shopping interaction taking place on our platforms to drive both this sort of inspirational shopping that we've been talking about, like enabling users to shop in a photo, but also to drive things related to intentional shopping. So helping you find what you want to buy when you want it. So like, for example, when you're, when you're searching for a particular product, you can also use these technologies to surface the right products to help the user find these. And we're, we're trying to do all of this in a highly personalized manner uh, where the AI truly understands your personal style uh, to help you find the products that you'll love. So are you able to tell us a little bit about the lifestyle assistant? Like why would this technology be interesting in the long term for maybe having a computer help you? I'm really excited about that project. Facebook is really all about community. And so we want to make getting dressed or shopping online just as social as when you're asking friends for, you know, outfit advice in real life. And so the core of this experience is something that we're prototyping. It's, it's a digital version of your wardrobe that you could access anywhere, anytime. Basically, the way it will work is, is when you take a photo of an outfit you're wearing, the AI will really understand and separate each item that you're wearing and ingest them into your digital closet. Some of the cool things you could do with this are, you know, being able to plan your outfits on the go from anywhere, get inspiration for different ways to sort of style your look, or even shop in the context of what you own in real life or online. So for example, you could imagine you're in a store, you're considering a particular top, and you're like, oh, I don't know what this would go with in my closet. But if you had your, your wardrobe in your pocket, you could pull it up and sort of like mix and match that top with everything you own and get a better sense for whether you should purchase it because you can make lots of different outfits out of it. Yeah, I feel like that's been a problem that fashion has been trying to solve for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's really interesting. I can imagine it would be super complicated. So we're coming close to the end of our episode, but Amy, I'd like to go back to you Quickly, are there any crystal ball futuristic predictions or hopes that are on your radar that you can share with us? I think visual search as a technology is just going to bring much more connection points to things that we see and get excited about and that get us inspired and the ability to, to shop and understand which businesses and merchants and retailers offer those things. So it doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but when you visually see something that is 
that is speaking to you and you want to like move into shopping mode, I see a lot of power in the technology that's available today where Pinterest has two and a half billion objects that we identified in home and fashion. And we're, we're connecting those objects to inspirational photos and images that people shop. So again, it's that kind of like Tamara was saying, that ability to, to pivot from being inspired into actually creating that thing in your life that is, is actually yours. And you can say you understood how to connect those dots. So I feel like what I'm hearing is that pretty soon anything that we see will be able to be shoppable, which I know has been something fashion has been trying for a long time. So whether it's, I see someone post a picture on Facebook and I love her dress or I'm getting on a plane and I want to buy that bag, I feel like it's getting closer, which is really exciting. Yeah. And it kind of speaks to your consumer trends piece where you're helping people identify these trends so that they can actually get closer to them and understand them quicker. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to think about. So we are coming to the end of our our episode. And before we go, we always ask each guest our final closing question, which is, what is the one technology you just still do not understand? So Amy, you want to kick it off? I would say I understand personal image apps and I use too many of them. I want the one image app that allows me to have more of like a centralized wallet of photos that connect to all the other apps I use. So I don't have to have Google Photo, Amazon Photo, Apple Photo, and all the different photo apps. I want one centralized app. So it's more of a gap than it is one that I don't understand. Totally. That's an opportunity for everyone listening. (laughs) Ashwini, tell me, what, what is the technology you don't understand? There's one thing that I don't just get as to why it's even out there. I think it's actually AR. Um, I'm one of those people that's been, I'm one of those people that's been, you know, working with AR for about, I think, 15 plus years now. Um, And it's, you know, we've been saying this is the year, this is the year, like for 15 years, right? And it's just one of those things where I feel like AR is still largely a technology looking for a problem to solve. I don't get it. It's less about understanding it. And it's just more about Yes, we've been working with a variety of different ways to kind of make it stick, and it just hasn't. And I don't get it in its current form. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to our AR episode. I feel like uh, you might have some thoughts there. <laughs> Tamara, what about you? I think I'm going to have to say microwaves. I, I, you know, I have a vague understanding for how they work, but I still don't understand how they can cook a potato in like four minutes. Right, right. <laughs> and why that should be possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining the Tech Edit. This has been a really cool conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Megan. Join us next week. We'll be discussing the opportunities created by augmented reality with leaders from Snap, Shopify, and Nars Cosmetics. Make sure you subscribe to the show. You can find the links on Spotify, iTunes, or of course, via the Vogue Business website. For more coverage on the future of fashion and technology, subscribe to my weekly Technology Edit newsletter at VogueBusiness.com. Our executive producer was Alan John. My name is Megan McDowell, and that was The Tech Edit. Thanks for listening. The Tech Edit by Vogue Business is brought to you in association with PayPal Credit, helping your customers buy now and pay over time. Go to paypal.com forward slash paypal credit to learn more.